Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 84. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? You know who it is, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. And you know how we do it? By listening to the stories and taking the advice from some of the industry's most successful restaurant professionals. I have a great episode for you today. Uh, today's guest, uh, you'll... You'll hear him. He's awesome. I don't want to do any spoiler alerts, but, you know, uh, yeah, before we hit play, I have to say I am making some great progress on getting back on track to that three episodes a week. But if you if, if I just got a little bit of help from you guys at home, if you could just take five seconds to think about who one restaurant professional is that you admire. Maybe it's just a local guy who's just doing awesome stuff, being an incredible mentor, whether he's an executive chef, general manager, restaurateur, director of operations, bar manager, any restaurant professionals who just have something to share. Let me know who they are. We'll get them on the show. We'll learn from them. We'll take their advice, and we'll put it in the archive of just this massive growing melting pot of restaurant mentors. Uh, but I need some help. I need some suggestions. A lot of the time that goes into the show is the research, the inviting people to be guests on the show. And if I could just get a little bit of support and some leads, I think we can get back to that three episodes a week much faster. And Lord knows I want to get there because I miss putting out that kind of content. Um, we're going to get there. I know we are, but any, any kind of help, would be so greatly appreciated. Just shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Thank you in advance for supporting me in this cause to create this resource for young professionals in the industry and for anybody just looking to be a better version of themselves. Uh, But, you know, it all starts just with that support, and I hope I have it. Uh, So don't be shy. Reach out to me. I love connecting with you guys. Uh, With that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I don't think you'll have any trouble doing that because it is a good one. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Gary Murray. Gary, are you ready to drop some restaurant bombs of knowledge? I'm ready to drop some bombs. I bet you are, and I cannot wait. So I'm just going to give a quick introduction. Uh, Gary is the founder of 86BS. We all know that the industry, I mean, there's a lot of BS, right? But Gary's goal with 86BS is to help provide insight on how we as restaurant owners can eliminate the BS so we can focus more on what makes our work rewarding. And in addition to 86BS, Gary has over 25 years of restaurant experience, starting as a dishwasher and working as a GM for the um, Fridays franchise, so or TGI Fridays franchise. So I can't wait to gather some of this information about you know, there's so much structure, and that's one thing franchises do so good is they have structure, operations, procedures, policies. That's one thing I think you're probably going to be able to really shine some light on. So um, that's just a quick overview of who you are, what you got going. Tell us a little bit more about you and how you got into the industry, Gary. I was, when I was young, I loved to cook. 
I got the opportunity to wash some dishes at the steakhouse when I was 14. My first day sitting in the middle of the kitchen, so much going on and so many moving parts. I was just, I was amazed and overwhelmed and they tasked me to one thing and I got pretty good at that and I wanted to learn some more and learn some more and 25 years later, I'm still learning more and more and uh, I'm, I, I've never been as passionate about anything as I am in this industry and all of, all of its complications. Absolutely. And I love how you point out the learning. I think that is one thing that, and I'm definitely learning this from my successful guests. It's their ability to continue to learn and to constantly be hungry to learn and take it to the next level. And that's really what it takes. There's just so much you can do to improve upon your business. And you have to have that desire to, to take it to the next level. And uh, I, I feel like that's one of the things that you got going for you. Um, so tell us a little bit more about 86 BS and how that came to be. <clears throat> I came up from a conversation. Some of my friends in the industry were sitting around talking, and uh, it was it was just different people, some front of the house, back of the house space, some corporate people, and we were just talking about the things that are speed bumps and things that are difficult to to overcome, and how everything's so cyclical, and you always come back to the same issues, you know, whether it's once a month or once a year, and talking about how to squash those things. And so I thought about, you know, well, that's the, that's the BS that you deal with, you mm-hmm. know, where if you make you're making recurring mistakes or um, not altering plans the way you should and trying to get, get that stuff out there so that if people have those issues, you know, that they feel like it's something stupid they just can't get past, there would be a community of people that can support them and, and guide them, in, you know, in a direction to, to squash that. Mm. I mean, there's, a lot, there's a lot of stuff that comes with this industry that is considered BS, and a, a lot of it doesn't need to be there. And uh, kind of a forum to put that out there and talk about it and what, why it is BS and, and the ways to eliminate it from your, from your operations. Awesome. I'm really excited to see what this resource grows into. I love the concept. If you guys are out there and you're interested, how can we, uh, how can we find that? Uh, the website is www.86.net. Um, yeah. And on that page, there's the, there's the Twitter connections. There's a Facebook group with tons of conversation going on right now. Um, it's on Pinterest. It's on, I mean, every social media except for MySpace it's linked to. Well, I can't wait to join the conversation, but we'll talk more about that later. Um, before we dive into the serious meat and potatoes of the interview, I want to get that motivational and inspirational ball going. So what is your favorite success leadership quote or mantra? My favorite quote, probably the one I use the most, is have fun, make money. <laughs> Short and sweet, man. Short and sweet. That's we're, we're there, obviously, to make money. And if you can have fun while you're doing it, then you're doing something right. I mean, that's it's it's short and sweet, but there's so much valid, or validity to it. I can't say that word. That validity to it. Sorry, Gary. But you mean you have to enjoy what you're doing, right? Why are you in this industry um, if you're not having fun? Because you know it's not for the money, right? I mean, you can make money, but you have to love what you're doing. You have to be passionate about it. So there's so much you know, weight to that short little statement. I agree. If you have to be passionate about it, that success has to be <laughs> on a, not a great schedule, obviously. Um, and if you're not in it, you know, to to enjoy it and be passionate about it, then you're probably insane. Exactly. It's the people that do it and have fun doing it that end up becoming successful because for them it's not work. So it's a great, great uh, way to look at the industry. So um, let's talk a little bit about you, Gary. What do you think it is about you that contributes to your success as a restaurant professional? To my success, I'm, I'm a passionate guy. Um, I love digging deep into something and, and figuring out how it works, um, ways to make it work better. Um, getting people involved with it, you know, creating passion within a group of people and what you can accomplish with that is just, that, that's one of the definitions of success for me is getting, getting movement with something that you can, that you can measure. Um, so I guess my passion for success on several different levels um, and how infectious that is uh, from, with the people around me. 
Mm, awesome. I love it. So we have passion, uh, the ability to you know always be learning or the desire to always be learning and that ability to motivate a group of people to achieve similar goals. That's great stuff. I love it. So can you share with us a story that these it factors contributed to success? Bring us down to the moment. I want to be there standing with you right beside you, seeing what the story is and like having it unfold in front of me. Uh, we were opening a restaurant for a franchise group. Um, and it was about 35 miles away from the store that I was currently working in. So we set up a, a hiring center um, that did some, some canvassing and talked to some people, hired a staff for the entire restaurant, and the restaurant was slated to do a little over $4 million, wow. uh, a year. So it was a good, a good size staff that we hired. And uh, we started hiring probably 60 days away from getting our um, certificate of occupancy. And uh, so we had the staff hired. Uh, we had transported them in vans to the two stores in the area to start doing some training with the bartenders and the cooks and everything. Um, and our certificate of occupancy, because of probably seven or eight different things, got pushed back a total of 90 days, 92 days actually, from our original date that we had to open. Uh, so we had a full staff of people. A lot of them had already left their other jobs, you know, and willing to come work with us. And we didn't have a restaurant for them to work in. And the other two local restaurants were obviously fully staffed. Um, so we had, you know, we, had the restaurant set up we didn't have food in it yet but we had all the you know all of the equipment was in everything was perfectly clean and you know we got to find work for these people um so i kept the van and uh we started doing trips to stores we had 32 stores up and down the east coast and uh you know setting up man, you know a store so that all of their employees and their managers could plan out their vacations their training meetings there you know for them to benefit from having us and we would go and we would just like with the kitchen we would just go take over on a friday night having never been to the store in, in Delaware before. And we would drive up there and just and take it over for a night and then just have a blast, you know, and they would, they would learn the differences. You know, the way the lines were set up, the schematics, all of those things. But we kept those people fired up about the brand, and it was awesome because we got to introduce them to so many different different stores and different people, different menu mixes and all that. Um, over the course of several months, we did that with a, with a bunch of people. And to keep that, you know, that fire going for a brand or for, a, you know, a culture of a, of a restaurant and not having – your own home store, you know, just using satellite places to do all these things. Yeah. Um, was, it was, it was really awesome to still, you know, that opening night, everybody was, was still wholehearted and had that ownership. It was a, it was an amazing time. Now, which of your it factors do you think contributed most to this success story? I think it's being passionate about the people that work for me and with me, I should say. Um, you know, you, you spend time interviewing someone and training them, you know, you have a personal investment, a professional investment in their success. And, uh, so you want to, you know, you want to be a leader to them. You want to have their respect and respect them. And that's not something you can, you know, just throw away and say, okay, we can't put you guys to work. We're going to just start over in two months. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, I think I've looked at those relationships as a personal investment. Yeah. You, know, you want to get them, get as much as you can from those things. Absolutely, Gary. And I have to really commend you on your attitude. It seems like you just have that really, you know, nothing can get in my way attitude. We got this. Let's do it. Let's, you know, let's have fun while we're doing it. But if you, as the leader, have that attitude, it's infectious. You know, it, like it all starts with you. If you see an, a, you know, a challenge and you look at it and just shrug it off and go, you know what? This ain't no thing. We got it. Let's just tackle it. But it has to start with you. As soon as you start having self-doubt and you don't, you know, you start getting worried, then people are going to pick up on that and it's all going to fall out from underneath you. But I don't uh, well, get... 
What's that? I agree. It's, it's much of that, that negative, that exactly. negative mindset is, is so much more infectious than the positive one. It's so much easier to destroy a shift or a culture with those kinds of things than, than to build it up. You got it. So if I can take one thing away from that story, I would just say, you know, whenever you get into a situation where your back's against the wall and you're just up against it, don't, you know, let people see that you might be a little worried to say, whatever, we got this. And if you have that attitude, everyone else will too, and you'll get through it. So great, great advice. So uh, you shared with us this you know, incredible story of how you overcame a challenge and it was successful. Now tell us about a time you just fell on your fanny hard, Gary, and how did you get back up? Oh, I was working with that same franchise group. Um, I was working in a store. We were doing about $5.5 million a year. My P&L was, was dialed in. Um, you know, it was, you know, after you invest so much time and energy into getting, getting a place running the way you want it, you're, you know, you're, you're comfortable at that point. Yeah. And, um, they, they let a general manager go of a store about 45 minutes north of me. And I knew the general manager and I knew the culture of his staff. And, you know, I, I kind of knew the issues that they had and why he was let go. And uh, they asked me if I'd go up there and sub for, you know, a couple of months until they got somebody trained to put them in that store. And I said, sure. <clears throat> you know, and I'd gone, I'd done several new store openings and retrains and things like that. So I thought, I thought it was the cat's meow, so I said, sure, you know, when you want me there. So I went, and I went on a Monday, and I knew that they had issues with their standards, matching budgets as far as their, their labor and food costs and bed costs and productivity and retention and all of these things. So I went in, you know, with the standard, standard operating manual in my hand, expecting to smack people around and just hold them accountable to what, you know, what they needed to be doing so that employees were on time, that the schedules were were posted on time, the manager's meeting was super structured, um, that they were doing some local marketing, like really being a, going in there to be a mechanic um, and not be a gardener. And I went in as a mechanic, and the, it was that point in my career I realized the power of a staff, once you get them turned against you, um, how, what a hell they can make your life. Um, <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't successful at all. Things started getting worse. People were quitting. I just I couldn't get a shift to run right. I couldn't figure it out. And so I held a, a quality circle or a coaches meeting with the like the, the A employees and the managers and I said you know explain to me why I'm getting killed and they're like you're, this is what you're doing and you know this is what we need you to do like what were you, you doing know. Gary what was it that you were doing that they said oh it was it was you know it was three strikes you're out it was if you're you're late first shift you get a verbal warning you're late a second time you get a written a documentation and a third time you're out no matter what no conversation no nothing so that's what um, you're doing that you said that you said wasn't working no, it well, it was working, but it destroyed the morale of the store. Okay, they they were they were they were mismanaged before I arrived, and what they needed was somebody to come in and help build a sense of culture and ownership in the restaurants. So people wanted to come to work and, and and saw some kind of progress with things, and they didn't they weren't as concerned with um, food costs as they were you know someone helping them because they were scheduled by themselves on a station on a Friday night just getting destroyed. So their their quality of life at the restaurant was horrible. There was no culture. No one you know there was clicks and battles between people and just none of the things that I was addressing were there the staff's highest concern you know I was focused on the P&L and the things that I thought that store was hurting the most with and uh, that wasn't what it was you know they, they wanted a high five when they did a decent job they wanted to sit down and and talk about their career goals the fact mm-hmm. that they hadn't had a review in a year and a half and they weren't sure how they were doing so they just didn't care anymore <clears throat> and they could be that employee and I held them to that standard, you know, when they felt like they were owed something by the company. And I never, I never had those conversations where I didn't have those conversations with people yeah. until they started, you know, kicking me in the teeth. 
if I can try to um, if I can try to summarize what you're saying to me, what I'm hearing is that when you came into this situation all gung ho and you know just very rigid and you know the way you are, the way how well you, you know how efficient you are, you have your way of doing things, and you just kind of hit it hard. And you said, "This is the way you're you know either you're on the bus or you're off the bus. You know the bus is leaving without you, so get on board." And then what happened was um, you, you maybe. <laughs> You should have taken that time to be more empathetic and to learn about the situation to find out exactly what is wrong here so you could approach the matter in the most effective way. Is is that kind of what happened, do you think? Exactly. I, every manager has different hats and different roles, and I went into that sort of thinking I knew exactly what to do to fix it, <clears throat> and I I was wrong. and I was definitely wrong, and I, and I, I fell in that case, and, and, and I... I turned it around and I started having those conversations and the staff started buying in and, and, you know, we ended up turning it around where it needed to be. In two or three sentences, how would you summarize the biggest lesson learned from this experience? Uh, you have to be humble. Whatever level you're at, you have to be humble. You have to establish relationships with people and listen to your staff. Absolutely. I think that's it. That last part right there, you know, the humble, all that's so important, but you have to listen before you start making assumptions. And sometimes if you just take the time to really empathize and listen and to try to understand other people, that communication will take you so far. And that's such a great lesson learned. Thank you so much for sharing that incredible story. I felt like I was right there with you. It was a great story. So um, we have reached the part of the interview that I love and we call it knowledge bombs. And you're just going to drop some big old bombs of knowledge. Are you ready to do it? I'm ready to go. Uh, what advice do you have for funding a restaurant? For funding a restaurant, um, I would say a business plan, having a well-thought-out, concise business plan. Um, and the most important piece of that is uh, clearly stating how your investors, possibly in several ways, could, could get paid back. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of the couple of business plans that I've read for, for private ownership, there's never a mention of how possibly their investors could get paid back if they want to get their money back. Um, so a clear, concise business plan with you know, knowing, knowing the local market and the clientele and then having a plan to repay your investors. Absolutely. Before you get started, you have to have a clear vision and mission of what it is you're going to be doing who your target market is, how you're going to sell, what kind of food you're going to sell, what equipment you're going to, that all goes into the business plan. So when you open the doors, you're not getting blindsided by these things you didn't really plan for. And it's so important to write it down. Um, before we move to the next question, can you think of one resource to help somebody get started on their business plan? Uh, there's, there's tons of, uh, I mean, you can Google search um, and there's tons of forms to give you ideas of where to start. I would say the best way to do it is to go to a local business that's successful mm-hmm. and talk to them about, about their business model and how they, how they went about you know, creating that plan and how much it's changed since they originally wrote it. Great advice. Awesome. So the next question I have for you, Gary, what advice do you have for hiring good people? For hiring good people, uh, make them comfortable. You know, get somebody in, get them a drink, have a seat, chat with them. Um, you, don't, you, know, you don't want it to be so bang, bang, bang. You want to you kind of get to know them first. Uh, a big thing that I used a lot um, is I would have my staff um, swing by and chat with them for a bit, either in the beginning or the middle of the interview, um, and just chat with them about where they were before, what they liked about it, what they didn't like. Um, they tend to be more comfortable you know, if a server swings by and just chats with them for a second um, about, you know, if they didn't like the management in the previous restaurant, what it was they didn't like about it, things like that. So I'd say making them feel comfortable, the first thing, uh, having your staff interact with them, you know, the, the staff that you trust and you know does a good job because they tend to get a good feeling about people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having structure to it so you're, you're asking the same questions 
um, to everyone that comes through so that if you need to, you know, if you find that one of those questions you're not getting the answers you need, you need to change it up. You kind of have a plan for the way that you pull information from people. When you find good people, what advice do you have for keeping them on your team? Listen to them. Again, that communication is the biggest piece. Um, if, they're, if they're good people and they're with you, you want to have a constant plan for them and their development. Um, and that plan should be based on wh- what their interests are. I think it, the majority of people have at some point dabbled with the food service industry, um, and you gain so many different skills from it, you know, and you can have someone involved with scheduling, with inventory, with – it doesn't have to be, you know, a higher hourly rate, but developing them as people um, I think is, is another benefit uh, for an employee to stick with you and have that ownership. Awesome. You're, I mean, it really starts with you. What are you willing to do to harness and grow upon those relationships? And if you can connect with your employees to a level where it's not just boss employee, but there's a mutual respect there because you understand them, they understand you, you can, they'll stick around. I, I really do believe that. Um, so what advice do you have for teamwork, Gary, and getting through those heated moments in the rush? Uh, for, for teamwork, I think <clears throat> if, if your typical schedule Monday through Thursday are the slower days, and, and those are your practice runs, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday is, is when you go to work, and that's when you get it done. Um, recognizing, you know, as a leader, if you're on the floor on a Friday night and your pace never changes based on the volume, um, your mannerisms, those things don't change, then your staff is going to kind of follow that and be kind of hum about it. So I guess, you know, being passionate about it when it gets busy, get people hyped, you're slapping high fives, you're accessible, you're communicating with them. You're in their sections. You're recognizing, you know, that Susie got an 18 top and she's by herself. And if that's what it is, then you, you know, that's where the bubble is. That's where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they feel supported by you in the fact that you're coordinating, you know, this this force of get, of getting this done. And again, with that mindset of, you know, it, it's not too busy. It'll never get too busy. You know, this is this is when we make our money. Let's have fun and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and not losing it, you know, throwing plates and going crazy. And that's never, it's never benefited anyone. You know, I love that. You know, I think that's one of the biggest strengths a manager can have is their ability to scan a room and to see who's struggling so they can jump in and, you know, help that person out and just to be, to be constantly floating and looking for opportunities to be proactive to keep your team going and setting the tone and having that energy. And it sounds like you have it. It's really awesome stuff. So uh, what is your most reliable business or restaurant resource? Maybe it's a book, uh, something that you just would recommend to anybody. Uh, there's a book by Danny Meyer. It's called Setting the Table. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, kind of like how hospitality is useful in business, and he, he bases it on lots of different things from t- you know, table service, kitchen operations, management, writing budgets, things like that, and how that's beneficial to business. How all of those little bits and pieces of, of a restaurant, and it kind of shows how everything you do, all of those little can, can make or break it and how it all can domino into something else. And it's, I think it's a great read. <laughs> Absolutely, Gary. Uh, for sure. That book is no secret to the listeners of Restaurant Unstoppable. It's probably one of the most, it's without a doubt, the most recommended book on the show. And if you haven't read this book yet, and you don't consider yourself a reader, I've got good news for you. You can get this book for free on audio by simply going over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. Uh, you can get this book for free. You've got to try it out if you haven't listened to it yet. And um, there's also going to be links in the show notes. Just head over to www.restaurantsunstoppable.com slash 84. You'll find all the links to everything we talked about in today's episode right there. So the next question I have for you, Gary, is what can you talk to us about with in regards to social media? Um, maybe it's social media marketing or just general marketing. And, you know, I mean, TGIF, uh, don't they have like their own 
marketing, like four walls marketing, didn't they invent that? They, they, yeah, they do, and they did. Um, they're they're huge, huge at that piece, um, and it's cool because on a on a local level, they allow you to make a page for your own store, yeah. um, and be involved, you know, with local schools and charity events and all of those things, and, and use that to kind of rally uh, in your own community, which is which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you have any further advice on marketing for us? Well, I, I mean, it's social social media and social media marketing is it's unstoppable. You can't. It's a huge beast, and if you're if you're not on that road, if you're not messing with it, if you don't have, if you're not on Twitter and Facebook and um, LinkedIn groups and things like that, then you're missing out on a huge place to put your name out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you kind of alluded to it. Um, in this, you know, TGI Fridays, they are great at marketing. And one of the things that makes them successful is they're they focus on the community with engaging in the community. And it's not enough just to be on these platforms, but I mean, it's social, just to be social and interact, engage, find out what groups are local to your area and, you know, if, whether it's a Facebook group and just join in in the conversation and be human. Um, I think that's really the best thing you can do. So, um, all right, the next question I have for you, Gary, um, how important would you say technologies are in, you know, you say you're always looking to learn and improve upon yourself. Can you think of any products or services that are out there uh, that you can give your objective review on? Uh, as far as technology goes, I think hot schedules is is an amazing tool. Um, it, just, it fills such a communication gap between you know, managers and employees, employees swapping shifts. You know their schedule, their availability. You know to, to get a schedule to do things. Um, I think that's as far as the payoff goes. Staff, you know, staff wise, that's it's it's an awesome, awesome tool. I mean, communication is huge in that. Uh, what these scheduling services do, they just pro- provide such outstanding communication and. The you know not just communication but accountability like people don't have an excuse when they know where they can find their schedule if they have access to it access to it twenty four seven it's just so helpful and not only does it improve upon a communication but it also systemizes and puts you know those the systems in place so you can automate portions of your business so your time as a manager isn't always being sucked up and that's so important mm-hmm. to have those systems in place. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, what is your best business advice for somebody getting into this industry? Uh, getting into the industry is uh, define success for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, what what makes you happy? What do you like to work for? Um, and kind of relate those to to the industry. There's I mean there's so many different directions you can go with, you know, from guest services to you know porters and stewards. So there's so many different roles you could play and so many hats. You know, find out what what personally makes you happy and what you're what you're looking for as far as being successful in the industry, and, and pick a direction to go with it, um, whether it's culinary or hospitality or management or whatever those things are. I think until I, think, I don't think anyone knows exactly what a, a salaried restaurant manager does until you're a salaried restaurant manager. Mm-hmm. So no matter how much you tell, no matter how much you tell people, they have no idea until the first day. They get there and they realize, you know, what a beast it is. Gary, um, I've got to ask, what's so, what's success for you? Uh, those, those personal things, you know, developing people. When when I learn something and I'm like, man, <laughs> I never thought <laughs> of doing it like that. Like that's a that's a great way. <laughs> I, I learned I, two weeks ago. I learned a better way to cut an onion. <laughs> I've been cu- I've been cutting onions for thirty years. I learned a better way to dice an onion two two weeks ago. Um, 
you know, so those things, it's just, um, it's amazing to me that I still, you know, yeah, I'm still passionate absolutely. about it, and that, that there's things that are still out there. So I to really, me, it's that, it's developing as a person, uh, learning how to better communicate and develop people. Absolutely. And that's one of the questions I asked when I first started the show. One of the questions was, what's your definition of success? Because in this, this industry, like, if your idea of success is completely monetary, especially in the beginning, you're going to be disappointed. So you have to have those you know, tangible or sorry, intangible concepts of what success is to you and have those be your driving factors. And if you can focus on achieving those types of success, the monetary uh, benefits will start coming, but you can't aim for that right away. You have to keep your drive going with those other things that are important to you. So it's such incredible advice. Thank you for sharing it. And let's see, I guess the last question for I have is what is one question I could have asked you that you think would have brought value to this interview? I think you asked it, you know, what's, what is success? And that's a question I love to ask people in, in many different industries, you know, anybody I meet, you know, how they define personal success. And with me, obviously there's professional success and then my kids and my family and mm-hmm. uh, my own personal, you know, my personal life, um, that I can close my eyes and go to sleep at night feeling good about it. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a, a wonderful question to ask somebody to get to know them to learn more about people is Great. what is success to you? I love it, man. So before I let you go, I have to give you an opportunity to call somebody out. Who is one restaurant professional, preferably an indie restaurant professional, that you admire and think would make an incredible addition to the cast of mentors here at Restaurant Unstoppable? Oh, uh, indie. His name is Rob Stevens. He uh, runs Eat Catering up in uh, Northern Virginia. Okay. He's an owner-operator of that catering company. I've known him for 15 years or so. He's an, he's an amazing guy, a very successful guy. You hear that, Rob? I'm coming after you. You are going to be a future guest here at Restaurant Unstoppable. And I guess this is your opportunity to uh, let the folks at home know how we can connect with you. Um, you already mentioned the website, the Twitter handle. Just a quick refresh on that. And keep in mind, all the links to uh, how to connect with Gary will be in the show notes. Just head over there. Uh, so go ahead. Uh, yeah, you can contact me. Um, get with me on 86bs.net. Um, all of the links to the, like I said, the Twitter and the Facebook and everything is on there. I'm, I'm looking for contributors. I'm looking for, even if it's just content, if you want to message the Facebook page with a question and remain anonymous and just, you know, want me to put it out there so we can discuss it, um, feel free. I've gotten a, a ton of people uh, who've contacted me with their, their own issues that they're having, you know, the issues with their boss, with their employees, with scheduling, with this and that. Um, and I, I want to make it exactly that, you know, a forum of, of bringing up those things so we can uh, we can talk about it and help fix it. Great. Uh, I can't wait to join the conversation. Uh, I, I really think it's great what you're doing over there. It's awesome. Uh, so go over there, check out what Gary has going with 86BS, uh, and uh, don't be shy. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest mentor here on the show, Gary. You are incredible. Um, we are all a little bit more unstoppable because of you. So I appreciate uh, it. <laughs> Another great episode here at restaurantunstoppable.com. Gary, dude, you rocked. Your advice was so actionable. Um, Just really, really great stuff. Really what stood out to me, what I really, really liked about your advice was the power of humility, um, you know, communication, how important communication is. And I think, I think, you know, your, your failure was such a valuable lesson when you walked into this new location and you're all, you know, by the book, like you said, you were ready to, to hit the, 
you know, some of these people over the head with the operations manual, and uh, you learned that you know sometimes that stern way of doing things isn't always the best way. And when you have this plan without really getting a big sense of what the big picture is, without really listening to and empathizing with the people that will be working with you and for you, you're really you know you're not, you're not doing yourself any favors. So, I mean, thanks again, Gary, for coming on the show. Uh, let's go give him some support. Head over to a6bs.net. Join in the conversation. I'm really excited to see what he puts together over there. Uh, it's going to be pretty awesome, I have a feeling. Uh, so that's all I have. i got to get to bed. I need to be awake at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, and it is going on 10 o'clock at night now. So it is my bedtime. Until next time, guys. Peace out.